hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the TPM podcast, Theology of Plain Men. My name is Zach, and back from what feels like the grave for the TPM podcast, no longer my virtual friend, now my in-the-basement, socially distanced friend, Andre Nelson joining me for the podcast. How you doing, Andre? Good, good. Yeah, uh, so it's been a minute, um, but TPM, whoa. Andre it really has been pretty out of practice. I'm like throwing chairs all oh, over the place. Oh, jeez. Uh, Andre's trying to wake up my baby. Um, so, yeah, I think we're going to, you know, we're going to get into it here. Um, we've been gone for a little while here, um, kind of after the... Um, we're we're uh, in Minneapolis, for those who, who may not know that. I think uh, most people who follow us probably do. Um Following the death of George Floyd and the riots um, and uh, demonstrations and protests that kind of ensued after, we kind of took a break. Um, we didn't really talk much about taking a break. It just f- it just kind of felt like we were all kind of feeling the same thing. Like, there's a lot going on. We need to process this and we need to kind of step back for a minute. Um, for me, um, I've been trying to listen more, um, to learn more, to examine my own heart, um, try and find the places that I've been wrong, um, the places where I can grow and the places where I need to be better, um, for Harper and for my family and for the future generation that, um, I'm a part of raising now and being a parent, um, thinking through Luke six, um, trying to take the plank out of my own eye before I condemn, my brother. Um, so at least I'll speak for myself. Um, I've been trying to listen to the voices of those who have felt oppression lately. Um, the, the black voices in America and around the world, um, who have felt oppressed, trying to learn more, trying to be compassionate. Um, and that's really what at least I've spent the last couple of weeks and why I've, I've felt it, uh, that I felt good that we've taken that break to, to learn some more. Um, yeah, Andre, what are, uh, yeah. what's the last couple of weeks been like for you? Yeah, it's been, it's been tough. There's been, um, just so much in the air, uh, I think for us to reckon with as a community, especially, um, you know, in Minneapolis at what has felt like kind of ground zero for this most recent, uh, flashpoint for this topic in our country. And so, um, yeah, there have been some really good conversations going on. Um, in my life and in the communities that I'm a part of um, that I've been grateful to have to kind of work on that and to self-examine a lot. Of, I would echo a lot of the things that Zach just said um, and just trying to go about it in a healthy and in a wise way, in a leveled way that holds up Jesus as the arbiter of value and the arbiter of justice, really. And so, yeah, so we've been not really present on the TPM project for a while. Um, and like Zach said, I would agree. I think that's been good for our own handling of things that have been kind of in the air. Um, and w- and But obviously we're back. However, we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to give it some time for us to, as a group, hopefully communally work on that topic and come together and maybe have a larger, more... Um, informed discussion. Right. Yeah. Uh, c- 
contrary to popular belief, we don't always come into this super prepared. Yeah. Um, truth be told, Andre and I didn't totally know what we were going to talk about tonight. Um, but we kind of feel like this topic deserves more than an off the cuff discussion. Um, especially from, from those of us who might not fully under, not might not, who definitely don't, um, fully understand the weight of the situation. Um, as a white man growing up in America, um, my, my experience around racial injustice, it, um, is not the same as my minority brothers who, and sisters who have grown up in the United States. They don't have the same experience. Um, so, uh, with that, um, stay tuned later. Uh, that's something I think we want to get really all the guys collaboratively in, um, have a better discussion, um, that, that the situation really, um, deserves. So with that, um, we're gonna, we're gonna swing way away from that. We're gonna go a little lighthearted here. Uh, a little, I mean, there's a little bit of a connection here. There, so there is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, we, uh, we're in a big, big time of the world is changing. It feels like it's a big turning point and it, it, it is a turning point in a lot of ways. Um, and I think we're going to probably look back and you know it feels like 2020 is going to be the thing of history books when i think about what harper is going to think about as she grows up it's like 2020 is going to be the year of the pandemic where you're locked up inside for months uh and then the the riots of 2020 the george floyd riots are gonna the minneapolis riots um are going to be the thing that kids learn about in school so what what i've been feeling is like this pressure that I need to change the world. Like I need to be this catalyst that changes the fabric of culture. Yeah. I think, well, and part of that comes from being faced with such dramatic situations and circumstances. And when so much attention is drawn to kind of the fallenness that we are seeing in the world, you know, we believe that the world is a broken place and you know, everything that the light touches is tainted with sin. If you <laughs> kind of take the Lion King thing and <laughs> uh, inject some theology into it, everything the light touches is tainted with sin. And so, but, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, when, you know, and we talked a little bit about people making choices that maybe <laughs> are uh, more selfish as opposed to otherwise, people are vulnerable to disease. And then in, during this time of enormous attention being drawn to um, like racial oppression in America. You know, there it's, it's impossible to ignore the fact that there is immense brokenness in the way that we treat people, each other, that the way humans are treating other humans. Um, and so these circumstances, these situations um, prompt us with wanting more, wanting better because we're created for goodness I believe that created in the image of God, um, and so then, yeah, it prompts us to see a desire for change and to see a desire for big change. And something about that combination, we tend to kind of default to, well, who's going to like? Do I? I'm. Do I have to do that? I, I want to see that, and I only control my own actions. So therefore, I think I need to change the world. I need to 
ex- uh, to uh, bring about those changes. Right. Moreover, I would say it's not even you saying you have to do that. And if you're a super driven person like Andre is, that that is probably the, the thing. But like for me, being a much less driven person than Andre is, <laughs> no. um, the to me, it's the world is telling me you have to change the world. Oh, the yeah, the, cr- the yeah, Christian, yeah. all those Christian conferences I went to forever said, you have to go and you like God is going to do huge things in the world through you. And it's just this culture, not knocking Christian conferences and saying they're they're bad for everything. We're actually going to talk about one and why it was a game changer for both Andre and I. Um, but just that idea that like it's even subtly just instilling into you, you have to do like God. I'm going to I'm gonna say this. God if God is working in you, true, like truly working in you, he is going to do huge sweeping things in the world. Just like, and not explicitly saying that, but you're kind of implying it in how you give some of these big raw, raw style messages. Um, and, and culture definitely gives us that same thing, especially nowadays, um, in a very secular way. Like, th- this, you are going to be a part of a huge, huge thing. And that that could very well be true. It, it might even like it might even have a high probability of being true. But as Andre and I were talking about this, we were reminiscent of a gentleman named Bob Thune from Omaha. I think we learned when Correct. we when we fact checked it. Um, he's a pastor out of Omaha. And uh, side note, fellow TPMer Michael Francis has a more than sizable man crush on Bob Thune. Uh, it's weird. It might be weird. Like, it's a little weird. Um, <laughs> Matt Almquist will back me up on that. We've talked about it. So, Bob Thune at TCX, what must have been... T- TCX was the, the winter conference for the college organization that, that Andre and I were a part of, a uh, college Christian group. And um, Bob Thune rolls in like a stud to this conference, which this conference to date has been convicting college students to go overseas to go stateside to share the gospel so that god could do big big things through their lives from a organization that that is their total mo right that is what's good yes I mean, yeah yeah but it, that's the that's the backdrop right this. right, right. That, that's that's the thing is we're jumping all over each other sorry andre and i are a little rusty we haven't done <laughs> podcasting in the same room for a while so bob thune gets on stage first thing he says like just a gangster steps onto stage and it says you are probably not going to change the world just silence i remember just like my gut sank in that moment because i was just like whoa this isn't this is not this is not what the other guy told me and he's like you are probably not going to change the world uh, and this is not a direct, that part I'm very certain was a direct quote. The rest of this I'm paraphrasing. Um, I'll say that much. But um, he he goes on to say, but faithfully, like through through Christ and in the, like in the power of God, you very well could change someone's world. So it's this idea of like when we're dreaming on how we're going to change the world, we have this huge scope of like wow i need to i need to go to the 
like the the most broken place of the world and i like it has to be me i have to change the world and people do have to go do that the gospel demands that 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 does happen but for the vast majority like rural america is as broken as the middle east when it comes to uh, or or paris right when it comes to how secular it is um and how much the people need the word of God. Right. I mean, Those people, all people need the word of God equally. <laughs> equally. So just this, it, it, I distinctly remember being so rattled at the idea of like, I'm probably, and I'll stand here and, and now, you know, being so much more mature, I'm what, five, six years older than I was. Um, I'm, he's right. I'm probably not going to change the world, but trying to reframe my thinking into day by day, how am I thinking that I could change my next door's neighbor world, neighbor's world? I could change Harper's world, right? Reframing how I'm thinking of world change to God has me in a place. So, so what am I going to do with it? It's this comes back to me to the principle of um, or the danger of setting unachievable goals. If you tell yourself, I, you know, want to compete in the Olympics. Like I, I'm into, you know, fitness, but but my goal is going to be competing in the Olympics. That's probably an un, unachievable goal for you. And to chase after that goal is probably going to be pretty unrewarding. And you actually might do a poorer job of it because of how unachievable the goal is. And this is just like this is a classic piece of advice for people who are setting goals in their careers and in all sorts of other areas of life is to choose a goal that's realistic, that's actually helpful and likely to be obtained because you're more likely to be motivated by that goal um, when it's at least somewhat in reach. And so the goal to yourself change the world, I think, is actually counterproductive um, for the same reason. And so when you kind of think about change in a more realistic frame, like Zach has described, I think it's more likely to happen. And it's a better... Um, kind of headspace and frame of reference to think about your actions and your behaviors in altogether. I, I, and for as driven as a person as Zach says I am, this is very, very appealing to me because to see the world in that way and to see my place in the world and in the, not just the world, but I would say the, okay, we really are out of practice here. Not just the world at large, but the world of the people around me, right? So, you know, my neighbor has a whole experience. My coworker has a whole experience. If I'm a little part of their world, I think that's the that's where you're going to have that change. And I think to realize that perspective is really powerful. Um, I wish to God I had a recording of that talk. I remember even just like a couple months later trying right. to find it, and now right. it's been so long I've just completely given up. But right, yeah. gosh, it was good. Right, but I even like. This is going to be a bad analogy. Andre Sorat, you guys. I, I'm just going to apologize to any of our listeners. Uh, we're rusty. We'll get back. We'll get back to it, to the podcasting We'll, back, we'll get experts. back into our uh, Olympic shape. Yep, that we that we were <laughs> once in. Um, but <laughs> it's to me, it's like, a, are you going to be a drop in the bucket? For or a drop in the ocean of changing the world, or are you gonna be a drop in a teaspoon for changing a person's world? 
Um, and it, it feels like there's a biblical case to be made here. Um, there, there's a very biblical model of intentional discipleship, um, close spiritual relationships. We see it in Paul's relationships. Heck, we see it, we see it in Jesus' relationships. He had his 12, but even more so, he had kind of an inner circle of people who are even closer. Um, so, so there is a model to say I can, it's okay to more heavily intentionally invest in tighter knit groups of people. Um, I, I will say this though, um, this, it, for those of you who love cop-outs like myself, all you sinners out there, this is not a cop-out for the person to not faithfully like or to not step out in faith intentionally share the gospel and be a world changer it's we're not saying don't change the world period we're saying don't think about changing the world think about changing a world Mm -hmm. that's that's what we're trying to say here right and i think there's also this also isn't to reduce the value of kind of visionaryism or having kind of ambitious, broad-spanning vision and compassion and uh, desire for world change. You know, I mean, Jesus still says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Like, that's a change the whole world type of statement. And he says that, you know, as kind of like a vision statement for the church moving forward, right? And I think there's still totally room for that. I'm not, we're, you know, I don't want to say that it's pointless to say things like that or believe things like that, because that's 100% still the backbone it's just boots on the ground, you're not going to hit every country <laughs> in your world tour of making disciples. Or, or if you do, you're going to do a, a poor job at each one of those stops. You're not going to be doing a... You're, 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 qua- you're sacrificing quality for quantity, which also isn't, right? Uh, uh, a gospel that's half explained isn't the, isn't the gospel, right? You got to give it all like the gospel demands full intentional uh, explanation weight yeah. Yeah. worthiness whatever word you want to drop in there clearly i don't have the words because i'm terrible at podcasting now <laughs> this sucks it's okay this yeah, it's is like working bummer. out after yeah, a while really you like, yeah, can't good. do anything it's like doing leg day i'm not gonna be able to go up the stairs <laughs> i'm just gonna post this podcast in shame but um I think we're. It feels like we're kind of coming to a head here. I th- I think as we look to practically apply this, I don't know what I'm going to be able to offer you for for practical application, but I'm going to try to take the listener into my brain with how I take this idea to uh, as I'm looking at uh, racial inequality and injustice as it's laid out in front of me. Um, I don't think that me, Zach Doman, who lives in St. Paul, Minnesota is going to be the guy who changes the world of racial injustice and who changes every everyone who has ever right like I'm going to broadcast this message to everyone and say racism is wrong and racism is going to go away. I I don't like I'm not going to do that. That's not going to happen. I I've, I've said it right now. Racism is wrong. Look at that. It still exists. Um but but it's a huge but. Um, I can raise a daughter who I can change her world and how she views human dignity 
human worth and how people who look different from her are equally shareholders of the image of God. And I can change her world. Moreover, I can change my neighbor's world. I can change my coworker's world who, when they come to me and, and as we're having a conversation over lunch or over happy hour, and they say something that, that I think is, is wrong. I have a personal relationship. I can confront them and, and we can have a, a conversation that's not over Facebook in the comment section. I, I truthfully, I do not believe that the war on system, system, systemic injustice and racism is going to be won on Twitter and in the comment section of Facebook. That war doesn't get won there. That war gets won by parents. This is my belief. This is Zach on a soapbox. I believe it gets won by parents who are willing to have tough conversations with their kids and raise them to know that each human has an unmistakable dignity on the basis that they are a human. And it comes from people who are willing to step out in faith to those who are closest to them and be willing to call out their brothers. There's my practical application for you. <laughs> that was great. That was beautiful. Well, so I wouldn't say much more than that other than, you know, taking it one world at a time that you're changing, identifying those places, those spheres of influence that you have, um, kind of being intentional about it, and then and then understanding that that change, your influence is wrought on the small worlds around you through the small decisions that you make and the values that you hold, the simple acts of love that you're exercising on your communities and your people around you. I think it's, you know, I don't think you can, I don't think you can go too far in bringing in like granularizing this issue and this, uh, not this issue, but this topic of saying like, yeah, it's not the whole world you're changing. It's individual worlds. Okay. Even within those individual worlds, it boils down to statements, actions, Values, things like right. that, that 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 you can actually talk about. That you can actually wake up in the morning and say, "I'm going to do a better job of loving people today." Um, so, Whew. okay, it was, we uh, made it. Oh my gosh! When we say verbal <laughs> processing, ladies and gentlemen, this is this, what it looks like. This is truthfully what verbal processing looks like. Um, listeners. You guys are the best. Thank you so much uh, for sticking with us, for being a part of the TPM family. Um, we're glad to be back. Uh, hopefully, we're getting back to our regular uh, weekly clip here of putting out podcasts. Um, truthfully, uh, I hope our verbal processing was edifying for you. Go and be world changers, everybody. <laughs>